Welcome back, everybody, to the Free Agents Podcast. Back here for episode number 13 of the challenge, Battle for a New Champion. The 13th episode where nobody has gone home in a row, or maybe not quite, but it feels like it. Back, of course, I am Matt Ligori, alongside my co-host Brian Scally. Scally, what's up? Hello, hello. I'm good. I'm excited. People on this cast actually acted in their self-interest. <laughs> Whoa! Uh, no, I was saying to you, I have stuff to say about this episode. Um, I am excited that we're back in here and ready to talk about it. Yes, definitively felt like there were some winners and losers in this episode, even if there was no actual loser of anybody going home. Like, as far as, you know, uh, from a fan perspective and, you know, for this whole season is about watching these players and and seeing how they grow in an environment where the vets aren't around and, you know, how they can take the game into their own hands and how they react in certain situations. And we're waiting for their storylines to grow and their arcs to grow throughout a season like this. And people like a Kylan or a Jay and some other people throughout this episode, this was to me, it felt like a defining episode in, in some of that, uh, seeing how they act without, you know, the, the other kind of names around. So uh, we do have a lot to get into. Yes, yes, indeed. I'm excited um, to talk about it. Yeah, and I feel like especially, you know, for your boy Kylan, an episode where you maybe don't have to walk away feeling like uh, ashamed of him being your boy. Yeah, a rare episode. <laughs> 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 no, yeah, this is a good episode. I'm excited um, for Kylan. I think, honestly, uh, I was pretty sure that Kylan was coming back to the challenge before this episode, but this episode locked it for me. I would probably agree. Um, and yeah, we know that, uh, just to mention at the top, we know the reunion filmed this, uh, past week, which, uh, we'll get into a little bit, maybe at the end of anything that we have from there, uh, you know, it's hard to get too much into it because they don't get too much into it because they are doing a reunion about everything that happened in the season. So they keep most of it offline besides, you know, look how hot we look, which they all looked hot. So um, <laughs> that is that. But yeah, where do we even start with an episode like this? I mean, uh, for the first time in a couple of weeks, the elimination was not the highlight, which is nice. So we can just start anywhere we want to. Uh, that is true. What's your preference? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, just... The, the main storyline coming into where we are set up here is just the fact that for weeks we've had these outsiders that notice that they may be the outsiders and are they going to form some kind of coalition against the main alliance, the Jay and Michelle group. Uh, and in this episode, it was really, really, you know, as Kylan said, possibly the closest that they could have ever been at this point in the game uh, to getting that opposition formed. Uh, as we do see, it falls a little flat, but uh, we, I guess, have to start with Kylan as like the main person that was pushing and doing the most he could to make this happen. Again, it just fell flat. Yeah. Um. So I want to even jump in with, a, you know, a tweet from Kylan because I think it like gives perspective in mm -hmm. terms of um, the voting and everything else, because we have, Colleen, like all episode being like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make the move. I'm going to whatever. But apparently, you know, in the episode, it first shows like, is Nerys going to vote with them? Is she not? And then it kind of is like, ha ha ha, like Nerys ruined your plan. Right. Uh, you know, okay, Jay. Um, but Kylan says like, FYI, Nerys did not ruin the plan, nor were we surprised at the vote. James and Colleen were the, like, they already knew about Nerys 
not voting for Jay. Mm-hmm. Seems obvious. James and Colleen were the two who bailed on the plan, and they told us before we went to the vote, so they already knew. So it's not like they were even surprised. Once those two lost their nerves, our goal shifted to finally show vulnerability with essentially the first non-unanimous vote. So big ups to the people who went in and knew that this wasn't going to be a successful vote, uh, like the Ravens. And it's like, you know what? I'm still ready to show my cards at this point. Like, I have nothing to lose. Uh, I'm still getting voted in next week. I may as well go ahead and put it all out there. You know, mm-hmm. Zara, finally. Uh, I thought, like, obviously... Kylan and Horacio were always going to at this point, but I'm happy that Raven and Zara have finally taken some kind of a stand. I mean, that's exactly it. Like they need to, they need to take this stand to show the Kylie, uh, the Kyleens, who's Kyleen, uh, the Kyleen <laughs> and uh, and James's uh, and anybody else that could be on the outside or feeling like that, that they are putting their money where their mouth is and they're going to put that vote out there. They need to show them that you know next week, even if you're saying you're not doing it now, next week. This is a group that we're willing – we are willing to say Jay's name. We did it last week. We'll do it again this week. So if, you know, there's if there's any world where you weren't believing that, you know, that we that you think that we're just throwing you under the bus so that we'll get the alliance to turn on you before they come for us. Like, no, these four people all put their, their necks out there. Of course, they had nothing to lose. So, like, you, you know, uh, I appreciate even more that with knowing they had nothing to lose that they decided to take this step into, you know, again, just showing that they were willing to do it. Um, so overall, uh, I – I don't think they could have gone wrong with what they did. Uh, There's no further down that any of them can go on the totem pole. Well, that's exactly it. When Jay, uh, I'm going to, you know, put my opinion in here and say annoying, annoyingly. A podcaster uh, with an opinion. (laughs) Annoyingly says to Colleen, like, you know, obnoxiously. All right. I'm not going to protect you. Who is like, okay, you know what? It's a valid point. And it's, uh, it's annoying. And I think it's obnoxious. And I think it's, too honest um uh but no one else is willing to make a move to be there what other alliance are you running to there is no other alliance for you colleen like sorry uh and now i feel like there finally is so when you have someone let's say even like a mariah who is feeling like okay people aren't really considering my opinion and i've been pitching to narice of like why james should stay and she's not so on board and keep in you know i want zara and whatever the case may be okay now there actually is another side that you can like flip to so you know berna uh, oh you know you have been mistreated and you're not at the top of michelle's alliance oh look here is another side that you can flip to rather than just like you can throw your vote and be alone so I think it is valuable, especially, you know, Kylan and Horacio have figured out at this point, like, it doesn't matter. Like, they're going in, and it's a little easier knowing that they can back up uh, the, um, like, their vote with mm-hmm. physicality. But I just think that putting it, you know, basically in writing is important at this point. Yeah, I mean, because another main player in this episode is Colleen, and I imagine there's probably a lot of opinions back and forth about, you know, did she, uh, like, should she have said Jay's name? Should she be putting herself all in on this new alliance of people that are on the outs? Uh, or should she stick with, you know, the spot that she's in? We see a lot of Colleen in this episode uh, in multiple conversations. There was like a couple of scenes where like, so the way that I take notes is uh, as soon as the scene opens up, I write like who I see in the, in the frame. So like I wrote like Kyleen, uh, I can't, why do I keep doing that? Kyleen. <laughs> Kyleen. <laughs> I don't probably not. Um, 
Kyland, Colleen, and Zara. Uh, so I write that, and then I write what happens in the scene. The next scene was Colleen, Zara, James. The next scene was Michelle, Colleen, Jay, Emmanuel. So we were <laughs> truly following her through yeah. uh, a bunch of different you know, conversations uh, and kind of seeing where her head was at with all these different people. And the one that I think sticks the most is the one where she's talking to – it's Colleen, Berna, and Corey, where she's talking to them, and uh, Corey's kind of pushing to say like – I get where you're coming from. And I totally, you know, he says in confession, like I totally wouldn't blame her if she wants to stray, but I do think that us sticking with the majority and with the numbers for now, getting out of the chaos phase without us being the obvious opposers, like, cause they're in such a perfect middle spot right now where both sides are not targeting them directly. And like, I get that, that Colleen's on the outside, Corey to an extent could see himself as an outsider. Like he's not in the core core, uh, the core Corey, um, of <laughs> his group. So, you know, again, just for now, for the chaos portion of the game to just say, like, well, they're going after Zara and Raven and Horacio and Kylan first, and the other side's going after Jay and Michelle and or whoever first. So if they're not coming for us, like, just kind of maybe write it out and not stand out as obvious targets. But again, I, a lot of attention on Colleen. I thought this was such a bad pitch, honestly. From um, Corey? Yes, horrible. Um, I don't think that it probably had, maybe it did, like a little bit. Um, but the pitch of, you're third from the bottom, so it's okay. <laughs> like that's not a good pitch. <laughs> you know, she two people that. are yeah. two people are going in every week. There are random teams constantly. The chances of Raven and Zara being safe. Apparently, Zara wins every single one of these weeks. Yes. You know, except for this one. Um, so it is infinitely likely that you're going to end up going back in should there be another women's day now also being how many women's day and how many men's day there are when it's like oh just get through chaos we just need to get through the next to the next section and then you're fine what do you mean you're fine like you're still at the bottom after you get through here and guess what there's no more women's days in chaos we can solidly figure that out if there was one well then there's gonna be three more men's days like you are either safe or there's one compared to three. Make the move now. Like, and again, even if you get through chaos, which that's Corey's whole thing of like, you just need to get through chaos. And then you're golden. What do you mean you're golden? Like, you're still going to be at the bottom. So it's like, play for the win, not to get through the zero more weeks that you're vulnerable. Yeah, it makes you wonder what they think the next portion of the game is going to be, uh, because granted, I get it like at this point, they must have been there for like two months, like the filming schedule is about like three months. So they, they are like coming up on the final portion of the game. I just I am so curious of what they think is coming next, knowing that there's still 16 people in the house. They probably have it mapped out where like the final starts in like, uh, I don't know, two and a half two weeks or so. They're like, well, a lot of people have to go at a certain point. So maybe they're just putting all their eggs in the basket of like, well, it's it's going to be, you know, we have to win and, and avoid being purged or, or whatever the case is. And it doesn't matter what we do now. Um, I, I don't know. I, I would love to uh, get more insight on that. I mean, Corey tweets up a storm after every episode, <laughs> but I don't know if I saw anything specifically about that. Do they still have that big clock in the house? Is it counting down? Like, I chaos don't think will be so. done, you know, because I actually think that would be very helpful if they had the big clock and it's like, all right, well, we couldn't possibly do four more rounds within <laughs> this amount of time. So we know that chaos is coming to an end and therefore I can map out my strategy a little more clearly based on that. Yeah, I mean, Colleen does have the the, the chart mapped out of, you know, where the alliance is. She knows where the pieces fall, um, but yeah. I don't know. And I think I she's sm I, I give Colleen a lot of credit. I know that like it's been kind of a joke how she has been in confessional. 
I would venture say it's like similar to an Asaf, <laughs> where it's like very clearly put on and uh, probably a little more grandiose than it needs to be in terms of uh, selling yourself as this huge strategic like uh, amazing threat. Um, but it's like, oh, Jay, I know your little plan, and I and it's like, all right, and then we just don't go ahead don't and do, do anything about it at all. Yeah, so I see where it's frustrating, but at the same time. I don't really blame her for not going along with a losing vote. Yeah. I mean, look, she, the, uh, there was a uh, last episode and this episode scene specifically with Kylan and Colleen, which made, you know, when we get to the deliberation and Colleen is the first one, I believe to say Kylan's name, you're like, it, it feels like a bigger moment than maybe it is, but I don't know. That's just, again, how they've been presenting it to us. Like Colleen uh, or like Kylan is looking at Colleen as a huge key piece in his plan of getting together these numbers um, and her deciding to not do this vote with them uh, makes it seem like she's not willing to go along with his plan. Again, there's still, you know, weeks ahead that something could change. And if they, you know, didn't get the votes now, I'm not, you know, convinced by any means that this couldn't happen again. Uh, it always depends on who wins. And, you know, if, uh, if anybody within this group can win the daily challenge next week and end up putting like AJ somehow in as like the main vote, then you, again, you never know how, how this could all shake out, but uh, they're presenting it as Colleen uh, was not deciding to be loyal to Kyland. I, I guess at this point i would almost be uh surprised if she changes her mind and goes along with it in like a week or two's time because it feels like she's landed on the j side yeah i mean (laughs) here's what it takes is the thing they're probably either they're gonna have a majority in the team that wins and so it's like okay because of the arbitrary random group that got selected and they happen to win then they finally have the majority in which they can throw in someone from the other side and they will not have the majority on the house vote. Like they won't or enough people from the main Alliance win in the winning challenge and therefore can't vote in the house vote. And so they stand a chance at now doing it again, because in the format that we currently have where the winners of the challenge can't vote and you potentially have no one going home because they beat the champ that comes in the underdog alliance is able to keep a stronger set of numbers in the house than they would be in almost any scenario. Yeah. So I wonder, I mean, if we ever get out of a format where we're doing, you know, the four person teams uh, with 16 players in the house, um, (laughs) I I wonder what the next, you know, format's going to look like. Are we going to elimination? uh, Are we going to individuals? Um, kind of challenges are we going to continue doing i don't know like pairs sometime or however arbitrary ways they split how would this challenge have worked with three people (laughs) on a team you would have had four people so that each hole would have had someone in it and then there'd be other teams with three people in it where they're like climbing in and out and like oh let me go find this one like it would have been such an obvious disadvantage and i look back at the last like four weeks of challenges and i'm like oh these would have all been uneven teams and not functioned at all Mm -hmm. um that's the challenge. <laughs> I have no explanation for the these people uh, on production and then the decisions they've made as far as these challenges have gone all season. It's like uh, we, we've said it a hundred times and we'll say it a hundred more between now and the end of the season. That production is just getting in their own way of doing what they want to do with this cast and with this season um, of just making it, you know, uh, each time messy and confusing. And I, I will not be surprised when the interviews start coming in after the season is done and all the players are like, yeah, so like. We should have probably won that challenge, and then like the whole game is different because we would have gotten devoted in Michelle, and uh, yep. you know it didn't happen because we had no chance of winning. 
yeah, 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 yeah. I that's the thing is, I don't even know. Like, if I could change anything about the challenge, I really think it would be the producers because it just whether it be um the challenges being misformatted and the game structure itself being so obviously mm-hmm. poorly formatted at many points. I just think that like you need new blood in there. Like something's wrong. There's a problem that you like, I can take a look from an outside perspective and see exactly how to break your season format or your challenge format or whatever. Like see exactly how it's broken in all of three seconds, but you're working for an entire season on this and can't get it right. Should we interview and somebody from production and be like, it's, uh, yeah, some would, questions. hi, can you come on here? Because we, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be an awful interview for you. Just letting you know. Um, and yeah, it is much easier to poke the holes in something than it is to uh, find an actually good format and be the creative and figuring that out. Um, but I don't get paid to do that. You speaking do. of speaking of interviewing people that you may not necessarily like, there was a lot of people on Devon and Devon's next this past week uh, calling them Ooh. out for the fact that they tried to play it up like they had no beef with Michelle when they have been on Michelle's neck all season. <laughs> yeah. um, and Devon responded to it. I, I I didn't like pull it or anything, but Devon was like, uh, she did not ask specifically about specific situations she just said like do you guys have an issue with me and i said michelle no i don't have an issue with you this is a safe space uh for you to be here because she was like worried about that coming into the podcast being like am i you know gonna be you know uh i, I don't know just in a, in a safe place to like, am open I being up set to, up essentially. To, yeah exactly exactly um so like and i don't think she was being set up by any means but like they definitely did skirt around the fact that like especially Devin has like had a lot to say uh and and so people were like all over twitter and whatnot being like how could they even try to justify that they hadn't been saying anything um but anyway that's besides the point. it was yeah. everywhere and that was i mean I, I think that davon's response was almost like a perfect example of where on the podcast it was and uh like that's fine. You can dislike Michelle. I don't, you know, I don't care <laughs> personally. Um, but it was very much like Michelle, like we have a relationship outside of this. Like, come to me if you hear anything. Like, you know, like I know you. And then in the tweet, it's like that lady comes. Right. I was like, what? <laughs> the energy is so different. And that's what's like. Again, it's fine. I love Davon, but like, hold the same energy. I, I, yes. <laughs> um. <laughs> I, I, as always, hate it when my mothers are fighting each other. Um, So, you know, <laughs> Michelle and Amanda was one of the worst times in my life and will be whenever that resurfaces. Um, The fact that people are trying to pick sides between a Michelle and Devon thing, which doesn't even exist, but like it's just somehow manifesting itself onto, you know, into, uh, that energy is <laughs> turning into something. Uh, Don't want, don't like. Um, But yeah, so that's that's happened. Um, are Laurel and Amanda going to be like close allies on the next season? <laughs> I'm going to say no. Uh, yeah, I'm still I'm curious how that works out, because I don't feel like they've ever aligned closely before. But is the Michelle hatred enough to bring them together? I don't know. Um, speaking of Michelle, the uh, <laughs> I listened to Michelle on the Challenge Mania episode that she just did okay. this past week, and she went further into the story that she was telling about her hangout with Laurel and Cara yes. and whatnot in the city, um, New York City. Did you? Listen no, I did something? not listen to Challenge Radio. Okay, but, uh, unfortunately, your your guesses were giving me like, oh, I had heard this. Um, so she 
said that they were all there because, you know, Olivia and Arasia were filming the uh, social media segments that I've seen a couple of them pop up and Kara and Darrell were filming some stuff. And so they were all there and they were out. They were having a, a perfectly fine time. Um, it didn't sound like Michelle and Laurel were like getting along like best friends but they weren't like not getting along i guess like michelle was talking about how she's had a hard time you know with um the past you know doing back-to-back seasons it's just been a lot on her uh mental capacity and whatnot and uh just she she has uh uh, sorry, I'm like combining like a bunch of different thoughts into one. But she also talked about how the challenge is now paying for their therapy, which is just like throwing that out there because that's finally. good to know. Finally. Um, but she said that like Laurel was chiming in and like everything was fine. Um, and then like Michelle just made some like offhanded comment being like um, uh, somehow saying like, oh, Laurel, like should we just like make out and make up or something like that? Like, will that like, you know, make everything better between us? Like in a joking way. And Laurel didn't like the joke. And she like tweeted about it as it happened, being like Michelle's trying to make out with me or something. Um, Laurel tweeted basically like, why does everyone go to the that was when she tweeted um, like the why does everyone go to um, that? Like there's sexual tension. That is clearly not the case. Like I've only been attracted to two women ever. I, I that that was, I think, a different time, but like a similar thought. But gotcha. apparently that because when they hung out, I guess this was like, I don't know, a month or two ago. And I think that and... that was more recent. Um, So I don't know. Just <laughs> all well, that I to mean, say that here's the thing. They're not friends. Okay, they're ahead. not going to be friends. OK, the, the thing is, <laughs> look, there is a lot of joking about like by shell. Michelle is not out as part of the queer community. <laughs> Doesn't seem to. And like has does not. Oh, seem... That's what it was. That's what it was. Thank you. And so, um, you know, so her joking like to a queer woman and being like, is it just that you're so attracted to me that we need to make out like that is an uncomfortable joke? (laughs) No, no, no. Okay, so let me let me give more clarification and then, you know, figure out where if we want to (laughs) figure out where we stand on this, Um, because you just reminded me as to why she was bringing it up. She said that she was. Uh, this was during the Challenge USA 2's airing, and she was talking about how the scene – the episode was coming up where she makes out with Cassidy, and yeah. she was worried about her parents seeing it. I don't know anything about Michelle's parents, and if there's a world where they wouldn't support that or something, is I don't know. That's kind of the vibe I was getting, uh, or if she just hadn't had a conversation with them where they're going to be like, Michelle, like, is there something you want to tell us? Whatever the case was, she was just a little cautious about the fact that her parents were going to see the episode with her making out with Cassidy. And Laurel was at the conversation uh, just being like, Michelle, just own it. Like, you know, whatever it was, whether it was something, whether it was nothing, just own it. Like, don't, you know, try to like hide from it. Just own it. Um, and that's when Michelle jumped in and was like, oh, maybe if you and I made out, like we, you know, things would, you know, whatever. So I don't think she was just going at it her okay. way to like a little bit more context context helps a little i think it's the type of thing where it's like it's a joke and i don't think that michelle meant harm but i just think it's yeah. like still if you zoom out a little bit it's like oh i understand why that looks really weird yeah. <laughs> probably not like a great joke to make um and i understand why uh, like i think michelle being nervous if that is her family situation fine um like valid cool there are lots of queer people in america who or in the world uh who are not afforded the privilege to be out and open and fine mm-hmm. and not saying that she is queer but you know in making out with someone of the same gender mm-hmm. um but for someone like laurel who had a very very open and vulnerable coming out on tv 
uh, I don't think it's probably a ton of fun. <laughs> so you're like, I made out with a girl and my parents are going to hate it. <laughs> it's going to be so horrible. And I'm going to have such a hard time dealing with this. It's like, please, I don't like you already. And I have had this 10 times worse. <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Yeah. Also knowing that, like, uh, for anyone who forgets uh, that uh, Nicole and Laurel back together, not back together, back together, back together on a challenge in a season that will maybe air sometime soon. So who has any idea what happened on that one? And, you know, if that storyline furthered at all. But, uh, yeah. okay, big tangent there that had nothing to do with this episode. But, you know, welcome to the Free Agents podcast. Uh, We'll (laughs) talk about whatever comes to mind. So uh, and no uh, no bonus episode this week on Patreon about the main show, because, as we mentioned, um the reunion was filming, so there's not going to be a lot to talk about there, but um, I'll try to remember to say this again at the end. If you do want to hear the uh, All-Stars 4 draft that we have still yet to release, we are using this week as an opportunity to do so, and we're releasing that over on Patreon. So excited for everyone to get to hear yeah. that. Send that over there where like it should have been and we just didn't think about it yeah. uh, until now. And so that's the obviously, as we've said, the format of the drafts will be that they'll live on patreon until the cast is officially announced mm-hmm. and then that's when they drop on the main feed so we're gonna drop yes. it over there in place and that's why you guys are getting a little bit of what we do over on the bonus pod here <laughs> a little Eek. more because you know we don't have time we have thoughts yeah there's a i don't know a big episode in a week where there's not uh, a lot of social media so i don't know it's balancing itself out but anyway let's get into uh some more of what was going on in the episode and i think the next place to turn to is the continuation of the saga of olivia and Horacio. Ooh. so the setup has been for the past couple of weeks olivia feels like Horacio is not you know wanting to play with her she's not uh, he's not talking to her he didn't tell her that she was that he was coming on to the season and she feels so betrayed about that obviously Horacio and narice have been uh you know coupling up uh and people are speculating is there anything there that's causing olivia to feel a certain type of way about Horacio? who knows um but as far as the game goes she feels like she has no idea where he sits he's not reaffirming her uh and at the very least we finally get them having a conversation in this episode after all these weeks yeah no i'm very glad that it finally happened of course she didn't initiate it. <laughs> it was Horacio finally going over and just pulling her away from a very active conversation that was going on, uh, which I have criticisms of and I would love to talk about later. Oh, uh, but but um, uh, yeah, finally we get to see the Horacio and Olivia conversation because even leading up to this, it's like Olivia is talking to Berna saying that she fights for Horacio all the time and he's not going to fight for her at all. Jay telling Olivia he doesn't give a shit about you. Like he doesn't care about you at all. I do like, <laughs> you know, why do you love him? I love you. <laughs> like oh basically God. is it's a lot. Um, and so I was glad to see that what has been building up for weeks finally had some sort of resolution. Yeah. So the thing about Horacio is that he is just not an active player. Like he, you know, since we met him, since the day we, we he, he graced our TVs with his beautiful abs, um, he has just been all, you know, uh, physicality and wanting to go to the end with the strongest players and prove himself and be in eliminations and win five eliminations in a season and win all the daily challenges he can and take no part is that fair to say in the social game in the strategic yeah. game like that's just what he brings to the table like he's talking to narice at the beginning of the episode and she's like look i know you don't want to play the game but like maybe you could talk to one or two people uh, and you know the she's doing 
as much as she can on her end to like go to her allies and say, look, Orasio is my number. He's with me. He's not going to do anything that I don't want him to do, essentially, whether or not that's true, you know, when he gets into power and makes decisions, you know, whatever. Um, but that is exactly how he plays the game. He doesn't go and check in with Olivia every day or check in with even Narice every day to say, so how are you feeling about, you know, the way that Michelle and Jay talked to everybody in the group last night? Do we want to stick with Michelle and Jay? Like that's never once came out of his mouth. He just wakes up every day, works out, talks to Narice, gets breakfast, goes, waits for the daily challenge and waits for elimination and, and just vibes. Like that's truly what Horacio brings to the show. Um, some may say it's boring. I may say it's boring. I'm still happy to look at him. Um, I'll say it, <laughs> say it, say it all you want. It's uh, boring. I, yeah. I, I, I can't, certainly can't object to that. Um, this, again, this is what we're presented with here, and this is what Olivia is presented with here, where she is trying to play the opposite kind of game of just social strategy, like all this stuff, like everything that we, you know, praise Michelle for. Like she is trying to do the exact same type of thing, but her number one person that she sees coming into the game like this uh, just doesn't give anything back to her. So, you know, even in this conversation, he's just like, okay, yeah, I believe you. I believe that you had no part in, you know, uh, me going in as the, the, the main vote and whatever else. So he's like, it's fine. I mean, I still have your back. And she's like, like okay i think i feel a little better but i still don't know what to make of it well and it's like i think why him and zara are getting along because it's just like no thoughts let's just hang out in this mansion and not play the game right. <laughs> um it seems like zara i think is getting involved but uh ultimately if things don't go her way it's like oh well i'll just compete and i think that like they both kind of have that same mindset where uh i think that they're kind of playing almost an old school challenge game where he has a decent social game where people do like him and he's playing with those people but he's not over strategizing with those people he's actually aligning with the people that he likes rather than the people that he just happened to have been on a season with once before um so i don't blame him from that perspective like i wish that they were all playing this game but at the same time i recognize that the game olivia is playing like is a better social strategic game and so when she says it's nice to know that he's still on my side but like him being on her side doesn't really do a whole lot for her at this point to be honest uh you know especially uh as much as her being on his side does for him. Uh, mm -hmm. If he is not willing to go out of his way to sure up his social relationships, then what is she really bringing him or he really bringing her at this point? Uh, let me put you on the spot and ask you this question. How many more challenges do we see Horacio on in the future? Is it zero? Is it one or is it more than one? It's more than one. You think he's going to be on multiple seasons going forward? Yes. Okay. Um, I think he's incredibly popular. I think the show likes him a lot. Um, I think that part of me was debating for a second, like everyone gets on, let's say like a Casey or a Jenny West and they're incredibly boring, but then they're like, Rossi is my man. It's like, what's the real difference? I guess the real difference is that Jenny and Casey play the social game and therefore are kind of like even a little tiny bit more boring uh, because they're not against the majority. Whereas Horacio is kind of that lone wolf and thus will be set against the majority of the house and forced into a little bit of an antagonistic role. Um, whereas, you know, the other two that I just happened to think of um, came up as like two that are very physically dominant, not good camera personalities, similar to Horacio, but they do do the social work in order to float also along to the end. 
Right. Um, he's certainly a very charming, very good looking uh, person who we is uh, <laughs> um, who is uh, uh, does, I'm sure, have a lot of fans. Uh, he has the Norris factor going for him at the moment. You know, uh, being in a showman's being in a couple uh, certainly elevates you in, you know, when you're and being paired with such a strong player like Norris is. Um, I think the two of them, if they are still together at the time season 40 rolls around like that is a good storyline to bring along uh and just watch continuing play out like how many challenge love stories have we seen continued uh their journey or you know season after season so i think that's like one of the most the the biggest things he has going for him at the moment because otherwise like the boring factor is so like i don't know i feel like they put up with it with like a casey because she's so strong i mean there's also the casey and nani which i talked about for a while that i think is like not certainly not hurting casey you know remaining a mainstay on the show as i just said about Horacio and Reese. um I don't know. I, I I think there's different reasons, kind of like you were just saying, as to why they put up with it or don't put up with it for certain people. But um, if they're going on like, you know, season 40 is going to be such a specific cast. Maybe we should sometime soon draft who we think will be on. Uh, certainly the first time that I've ever come up with that idea. Um, nothing you've been thinking of. Uh, but the uh, like seasons after that, I don't know. I mean, I guess like we're just going to go back into the same 37, 38, 39 kind of casting that we've been doing. Yes. Uh, and there's no reason why Horacio can't be there. Yeah. I mean, OK, he's one of the more boring people on the cast. Fine. He's also the largest face on the poster on the poster for the season. He's the largest face, bar none. He has the sixth most confessionals. He's been involved in nothing <laughs> and yeah. he's not a good confessionalist. And he still has the sixth most on the cast. Yeah. Uh, like, I think that MTV loves Horacio. I think that um, they've brought back plenty of boring people before. There's no reason, you know, unless he is filming a hundred day season somewhere else and it doesn't line up with the filming. Horacio uh, is going to be on the next few seasons of the challenge all right we'll see um where was i gonna go with that after that um just so to get into um we can swing back around to talking about the main challenge itself if we want to at some point but um the winning team ends up being olivia ed berna and Corey, who are going to say Horacio's name um olivia this whole thing is you know her confessional being like so I don't really have much of a voice, but even if I did have a voice, does it matter that Horacio is going in? Like, I don't know where he is in the game. Like, is it okay? Like, should I care at all? Um, so I don't know. I was just uh, curious your thoughts on this decision here. Uh, I mean, I don't think Olivia did have much of a decision. I think the other three were always going to um, make it. Mm-hmm. Should she have fought back harder on it? Like, probably, <laughs> you know, I think that having someone on your side, 100% is valuable. And I think that, uh, who would have been the other vote? It was was it just Kyland and Horacio last time? Yeah, or who presumably it would have just been Kyland. Was it? The, but who were the other two last time? It was Kyland and James. I don't think it was it James. Yeah. Um, because that's the one thing is that if you go ahead and vote for um either James here or Kyland here, then it forces the house to openly go against Horacio, which I think is putting them in a tougher position um, than voting for Kyland. So I think that that is maybe valuable for Olivia here uh, and, you know, makes it so that her, who we would presume would normally be her number one, doesn't go into a chance of being an elimination. Uh, But I think that probably the other three push hard enough. I did enjoy the Kylan and Corey spat after all was said and done. Um, 
after they make their decision and Kylan calls them out saying that they're playing a scared game and Corey like can't even believe what he's hearing. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> you have to be kidding me. What? I'm playing a scared game by putting in the strongest player in the game. Kylan's like, yeah, you're scared of him in a final. He's like, yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> Is Corey playing a scared game? Is it a scared move? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Um, <laughs> I get that, like, are you scared of Horacio in the final? If that was the question, like, yes, I just That's said that. That's not a scared game. That's <laughs> a smart game. Kyle. And I think he knew that even as he was, like, saying it, he had a smile on his face. He's, like, telling Corey to calm down. He's, like, it's not that big of a deal. He's, like, Kylan just, like, seems to really enjoy taking these moments to, like, mix it up and uh, make a little bit of a splash because, again, he has nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. I agree. So... What do, do do you think that Corey and like them are making a good move in sticking with the big alliance here? Like we've talked about Corey as being, you know, uh, in a comparable position in the conversation with Colleen. Like, is he far enough on the outs that he should be looking to stray or is he making the right move? I think he's fine. I, I, I can't take any issue with where he's at right now. I mean, he is truly so far out of like the conversation in my opinion and i feel like as long as he has been working on his connections with like because because what a lot of people are complaining about with the Horacios and um uh, i don't know eds uh, got this complaint at one point or another of like they're not checking in with their alliance enough Corey does nothing but check in with all of his people <laughs> and that is a huge benefit to him because all of the like the core people even though Corey's not in the core um all of them feel comfortable with him because he checks in with them he talks to them he asks them for their opinion all this stuff and he hasn't been messy like he was in the first couple of weeks of the season he saw his mistake he corrected it and i think he's been fine so i don't think he has anything to worry about uh anytime soon he's like firmly in the middle in the spot that i was saying like colleen would want to be so yeah I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Corey tweeted about this and Shocking. It's, <laughs> um, uh, well, just like in terms of my thought on this and it's kind of where like, okay, James doesn't go along with the plan. I have a really hard time in blaming people for like, while I would love to see, especially people that I don't think have much of a chance of winning the final at all. Uh, do it, take a bigger chance and take bigger swings and had take your chance of getting to the final rather than not getting there at all. Uh, I also have a hard time blaming someone like Corey uh, or let's say Emmanuel, uh, you know, Emmanuel uh, who have been like questionably on the outs of the bigger Alliance at points, but taking an opportunity to take a shot at the two biggest players and like the two biggest threats in a final in Kylan and, and Horacio. Like, yeah, I think that's probably a good move. <laughs> like right. even if you happen to be slightly lower in the pecking order on that side, than ideal. Uh, I think that getting out Kylan and Horacio is going to prove to be a difficult uh, mission as we have seen here mm-hmm. and so take as many shots as you can how many times do we criticize other players for not going after the biggest threats when they have the chance and then all of a sudden they're at the final and how did you let them skate through without ever being challenged i think that you should be targeting thailand and Horacio at multiple points this season yeah, exactly like you're saying. It's like there's no world where uh, he is going to f- come out of this looking uh, 
I guess, intelligent as a player um, if he doesn't, you know, go after the big threats. And then people are exactly like people are always, you know, looking at the uh, looking at people funny when like a CT makes its way, makes his way to the final. You're like, how did you not take him out or even try to take a shot? It's like, okay, well, obviously he's taking a shot at at the first overall draft pick in our draft uh, (laughs) by by one me. Uh, You know, it's it's the biggest threat. You got to go for it. So, yeah. yeah. I agree. And that's where it's like, I don't blame him at all. Um, and I don't even blame people, uh, you know, like Aberna, who has complained about feeling on the outside of the alliance. Um, I, I still think that taking out the largest threat in the house is going to be beneficial to your game <laughs> regardless. Yes. Um, let's uh, tuck this challenge away and, and throw in any other comments we have about it. You uh, were talking about it in the sense, uh, the main challenge I'm talking about. Um, I didn't get the name of it, but they're in this giant tanker truck with liquids. Uh, I'm assuming it was water, but who knows? Um, and uh, letter tiles they have to pull out, send to the person up top and uh, spell out the phrase challenge champion um, in the sense that it would have been four for Four, 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 and three. This would have been insane. But what did you think about the version that we did get of another challenge, teams of four? Oh, getting tanked. Um, it made for okay TV. Uh, I think it was an awful challenge. <laughs> I think that uh, just like not interesting at all. Um, yeah, they not... they sped through it enough, so I was fine. But boring. yeah, uh, I super boring. Like the watching them like whip around the corner the first time, I was like, whoa. That was it. (laughs) I lost all of my interest after that one time. Whoa. (laughs) Literally, that was it. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a whole lot here. Uh, A soft screaming, let's go, Uncle Jay. Uh, Jay pulling down his pants and pulling a Johnny Bananas to just show off his ass for no apparent reason at all. Um, We had uh michelle throwing it and there was a whole thing up from jay confessionals and narice confessionals being like okay it's obvious what she's doing you know figure it out um and yeah there was a, a very it was a very easy challenge to throw if you're on Arasio or kylan's team which makes sense given the fact that those were the two teams that uh did not come in first or second place um it was pretty close between the other two teams so and once again that. these random teams <laughs> doing a whole lot of nothing here it's Um, hard because i can see the thought process of like well if we're drafting teams they could just draft them in such a way to ensure that like kyland and Horacio are split up and they never have the voting majority and that one of them will always be vulnerable and yada yada but i just think that this does harm more often than that would i think even if you were just like okay like select your four teams like it has to be two men and two women but otherwise like go ahead free for all i think that's probably the best method yeah i think the next place that we go uh being uh, i don't know are we almost at an hour here uh my, my timer says we're around 50 minutes but um that might not be the total podcast time we talk a little bit before we got to catch up um so as far into this podcast as we are we haven't gotten into jay and i think we need to get into the jay of it all because This was, as I mentioned at the top of the episode, an episode that really felt like it was the next level or step for me in Jay's story of seeing how he plays the game from a position of having such power that he has had. And it has been to this point, just kind of going along, going with the flow, making the moves he needs to make behind the scenes. But this episode, whether it was just the edit or the reality of the situation, he had the power. And to me, it really got to his head and he really let it show in a way that I never really would have expected. But 
am not too surprised having seen it play out. Do you think Jay is still playing a good game? Oh, that's a loaded question. I mean, the numbers are still on his side, but like, I mean, sloppy. Okay. But still good, still playing well, actively playing badly. Like, I mean, if his trajectory all season has been on a steady incline, I think we're either, you know, going, if it's not an incline or a decline, what's, what's in the middle? A plateau. Plateau. That's, I, I couldn't get a word. Um, it's either at a plateau or it's kind of inching toward a decline here because his social his social game is just going down with all these people looking at him funny after he's just you know not blowing up but like making unnecessary sparks throughout the house yeah i do i can agree with that i i think that his conversations with someone like a colleen uh are where the flaws are really shown even with like narice um where she's saying like i feel unheard and he's like i don't care um like, what the hell <laughs> yeah that's a like problem. we're good friends out of here but i don't give a shit what she has to say yeah th- that's a problem i think that is exposing his weaknesses in his game i think that it's uh going to his head a little uh but at the same time he was set up so well whether that be through casting or his own gameplay uh that it's hard not to start to get to big get a big head um has been running the season i think like you know if uh like should continue running it it seems um if there's not like some big switch up on him but i think that jay is coming off extremely unlikable (laughs) so like i mean good gameplay sure likable gameplay no (laughs) yeah like we can take this kind of beat by beat because in the way that it was presented because it it just kind of shows you the journey of like how his head was just getting bigger i don't know i mean the first thing that 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 comes up i guess is really the olivia and jay conversation and the and we saw olivia and jay have a conversation uh last week or two weeks ago i think uh i think it was last week uh where olivia was really feeling comforted by jay because jay was giving her the reassurance that uh you're not the reason that you know your team got dragged down arasio was you were carrying your guys's game with your social game last season and olivia was like oh you're right like arasio is the problem not me and then coming into this Olivia's like, okay, now Jay's just making me feel like shit. Like she's just making me feel like, uh, like, like, like super insecure in a way that maybe I wasn't even at that point yet because he's just like, Orasio doesn't even care about you. Orasio is the worst. He's not a good friend. And Olivia's like, I wasn't saying all that. I was just like feeling a little worried and maybe a little insecure about it. But like he's hammering it home in a way like so not subtle, so not effective. Um, and again, this is the first uh, of all of what was in this episode for him. Well, I think Jay's game was lacking subtlety in general. I think where Olivia is expressing doubt, um, and I would argue that she kind of is like, is Horacio a bad friend? Like, should I completely cut ties with him? More so, I think you want to feed into her paranoia than just completely come out and be like, yes, he is a bad friend. It's like, do you feel unsupported by him? Like, when's the last time did he talk to you? Like, that type of stuff, I think, is a lot more valuable yeah. than going in and being like, he's a horrible person and he would not even save, like, your future children. Like, what? Right. <laughs> like, I'm very confused. Um, So where he is saying, like, blatantly, like, he doesn't give a shit about you. Uh, You have real friends in here. I wouldn't trust that man over any single person on Earth. Like, he's such a bad person. Like, where did this come from? Like, imagine you came to 
to me and you were like, yeah, I don't know. I feel like Kirsten's been not like the best friend to me lately. And I was like, yeah, she sucks. She's the worst. She's, <laughs> she's horrible. Like she just does never thinks about you. It's like, or, or you could try to lean in with like trying to make, I mean, I, I get this is a game. This isn't real life. You know, he's trying to distance Olivia from Horacio so that Olivia will put Horacio in. Like this is a different scale, but still at the end of the day, like if you're trying to comfort yourself, uh, you know, cozy on up to Olivia in, uh, in a way to make her feel like, you know, she should be more loyal to you than she is to him. Like you can do that in a way of just being there for her and reassuring her, you know, f- focus on the positives and not just get in her head, her head so much and make Horacio to be this big monster. Like, I, I don't know. It, it was just it was a little too much i think it's in the subtlety like i think you could do both in terms of coming off like you're comforting her but really planting those doubts like i think that's possible um and even you could deny it coming out of this season and be much better set up for next season potentially uh if you play like that i just think that yeah you know i i just i mean i really do think that it's the like wow that sucks when is the last time that he talked to you oh my god like i you know, like I just thought it was me. Like he, he hasn't talked to me and I was starting to have these doubts, but I trusted him because of you. But like if you're having these doubts, like that's like worrying and like, you know, that type of stuff, like I think is explainable. Whereas this, like <laughs> people watch back and they don't feel good about. Right. Um, this was, I think, a scene that you had mentioned earlier you wanted to get into with Norris and Michelle joining in. Yeah. So they jump in and. Uh, I, you know, Olivia comes to Norris basically in this like first opening sentence says that people are starting to validate her feelings of feeling distant from Horacio and Norris jumps in, you know, with like, here are facts. He has won four times. He has always made sure that it would never be your name. And Jay like kind of talks over her and is like, that doesn't mean anything. And then Norris like understandably gets annoyed and he keeps interjecting, keeps talking over her. And then when she does raise her voice, he's like, I'm not going to have you yell at me. I'm going to walk away from this conversation. It's like you actually escalated this. I understand (laughs) that you did not raise your voice first, but there are different ways to escalate conversations. And I think that Jay came off very condescending here. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Um, She you know, he's he's just telling her that it doesn't matter what she has to say. Like whatever points she's trying to bring up, he straight up says it does not matter. And Norris is like, no, you are like, like I'm here to give my input and I'm telling you like, it does matter. Maybe it doesn't matter to you, but it does matter. Like the fact that he has, he, he, his one challenges and is not ever put Olivia in any kind of danger. He has her back. He's always going to have her back. Uh, and, and like you said, Jay escalating this, uh, giving her an attitude saying that he's going to get up and walk away. And then, you know, it just gets even messier and Michelle gets over and joins and like it, She's jumping to Jay's defense. Um, it's like, you know, this f- foursome, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the core four is, whether it's yeah. Olivia or Asaf is the fourth person there. But, you know, there's this group obviously working very closely together. Um, this is not the time to uh, be cracking. Like, the opposition is forming against you. And if you are going to Jay, like, I don't care how strong of a friendship you have with her on the outside of this. You're in here in this pressure cooker in this moment with the person that she is falling in love with. Uh, and you're trying to make it seem like he is this big monster. Like it's just not working. It's not a good tactic. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I just think that like making Nerys look like that she is, um, like blowing up here. It kind of is the vibe that he is giving. I think is like at least also a little irresponsible. Um, I think that, um, there's an argument to be made from Jay's perspective of, 
okay, he wins and he doesn't say Olivia, that means nothing. I think that you could have rephrased that as like, no one was trying to say Olivia's name. So, in a, okay, he's offering you protection that he's not saying your name. You don't need that protection. He's not going around the house and keeping you, you safe. You're doing that. You're the one who is socially ingrained in the house and making sure that no one wants to actually throw you in. Mm-hmm. So, you like, Horacio's not actually benefiting your game. So, yeah, he wins and he'll never throw you in, but you don't need that. You need someone who's going to be actively, you know, putting out fires rather than just not creating them. And Horacio is not that person. We are. That's why you should keep working with us. And I think the argument is there, um, but it's not being made effectively whatsoever. Right. So to follow Jay here in this episode, um, the group is going to kind of come together and, and you know, the Zara, Kyland, uh, especially and, and Raven of saying, like, let's see if we can gather up the votes. Uh, James doesn't seem to be clicking. It's not really working super well. But obviously, James is going to end up telling Mariah about it, who then goes to report the news to uh, the group. She comes in and Jay's in the room and Jay finds out that there is a legitimate plan being formed of votes to go against him. And this fires him up. So he runs out side confronts kyland about it and this uh ensuing interaction again is just not making him look the best yeah um this was so weird to me. <laughs> where uh i even like wrote quotes down where kyland's just like oh actually neither of us said your name until you said ours so we were just like responding and jay responds with um I'm gonna say a little aggressively. Yeah. Uh, and I'm I'm gonna curse a little bit here. But the whoa, like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. Yeah. The I'm not like the other boys where you can where you're gonna tell me what to do and I'm scared. I don't give a flying fuck. It's like, oh, okay, Jay. <laughs> um is that Kylan's game? Does Kylan usually go around the house like intimidating everyone into doing what exactly what Kylan wants to do? Like, what are you talking about? He's not raising his voice, he's not escalating, he's not like challenging you outside of saying oh yeah you said my name so like fair play we're gonna play the game and jay's like welcome to the challenge like we're gonna play this game now it's like kyle's like oh i actually thought that's what we were doing (laughs) like it's ah! just it's like the mirroring that i saw from jay and johnny bananas in an episode like this because we've seen and, and this goes all the way down to, like, you know, just taking your pants down to show your butt for no reason. Like, the parallels were there. Um, Jay, Johnny Bananas, when his back has been against the wall before, has reacted in this exact way of just storming around the house, confronting the people. Because it doesn't happen often. And, and this is, you know, the case for Jay in this season. It hasn't happened often. Uh, but then, you know, when you see the writing on the walls that people are turning against you, it's like – the offensive way that he feels about it of like, how dare he, I am going to make a storm about it and make him feel like the biggest idiot and laugh in his face when it doesn't work out because that's what he's going to try to do. Like he's, I mean, he's at least in confessionals when it doesn't end up working out in the deliberation, he's, you know, ha ha Kylan, you idiot. You thought you were going to get the votes against me. It's like, we are still not in a world where you are just completely clear of this. There were four votes there. Any of those votes could flip in the future. You are actively pushing Colleen away, even though you think you're not um, or maybe you're not. I don't know. But it's just it's it, it was insane to me to see, you know, because uh, I, I, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't paying attention to Jay at all this season. I was just, you know, aware of the alliance that was going on and the relationships that he's had. But this episode, again, really just highlighted, you know, uh, you know, the game's not always going to go so smooth. Last week for Michelle, it didn't go so smooth. And she responded in a very perfect way when when her 
her feet were held to the fire. And she said, you know, I'm going to be smart about this and not say any of my girls' names. And if that means I have to take the chance of going into elimination, that's better than my game blowing up by Mariah finding out that she's my number, you know, not my number one. Uh, Jay, you know, feet to the fire here is going to go around and fan the flames everywhere around the house. So I was just, again, so not impressed uh, by by all of this. And yet, maybe a little more interested in seeing Jay back in the future <laughs> because he's messy. Uh, you know, Kylan says, like, he got edgy and aggro, which he says was him just being excited. Uh, but, like, uh, I think that when Jay is faced with uh, better players um, or like an opposite like an opposition that he's going to melt a little bit here and I think that that is a much more interesting character to watch in future seasons of the challenge yeah and you know it all settles itself down when he's having this conversation with Norris, where you know this kind of brings it all home and it's like all right well at the end of the day he's telling us that Norris is still one of his number ones uh they're so close outside of the game but at the end of the day he's still targeting Norris's other number one Norris is coming into this conversation with the two of them saying i don't understand why you know everybody else gets to have their closest people and Horacio is my closest person kylan's never going to say my name but they're the two main targets right now and it just doesn't feel right it doesn't feel fair and Jay, not in this moment necessarily doing what he was doing earlier, being like, I don't care what Norris has to say, but still just not, you know, I, I mean, look, I get it. I get it at this point. He's decided that's the path that his game is going to go, that he's going to target those two guys no matter what, whether it makes Norris upset or not. Um, but it still, again, just doesn't feel like the connection that the two of them have is going to be as strong going forward if he is making decisions that actively hurt her game. Yeah, I mean, it kind of just becomes like, sorry, like, I'm going to do it. I'm good. No one wants to run against them. And that just is what it is. And I don't think you can, like, fully blame him for that. <laughs> like, No, it, uh, yeah. It's the right move. And I, I like, I get that you are better connected and you are in the inside of the alliance. But, like, at a certain point, everyone's plus ones have to go. We need to get there with people that we can beat at the end. I appreciate that Jay is playing this as like, this is my best chance. I'm probably ever going to have to win a challenge. And I think that that is true, um, <laughs> especially for some long while. So uh, it's what we want players to do all the time and actually make the moves that are going to give them the best chance of like sitting there and being the sole champion at the end. Yeah. When we get to the deliberation, and again, it's going to be you know, presented to us as Kylan versus Jay, the four votes for Jay came in. Did you have any thought that it could end up being more votes for Jay and, and Kylan get saved? I would have been very surprised because yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it just seemed like who was that? other vote <laughs> like uh it and uh, you know we could have had colleen and james flip eh, realistically it would have been six versus five in that scenario where jay could have gone in but i just don't think james was ever voting against mariah i think kylan made a mistake in not talking to mariah at all now i don't think that she goes ahead and votes with them mm -hmm. uh but i could see her kind of being like all right, James, do we got to do <laughs> like that is the most I can see. I think it's unlikely, but not talking to her at all, I think, is a big oversight. Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. I mean, Mariah has, you know, if Mariah and Michelle are number ones, Mariah is going to protect Jay as long as Michelle seems to be protecting James, which it does seem like she's doing at this point, uh, you know, with all these other uh, names like Kylan's and Horacio's that are becoming targets before James. And that's what's pissing Narice off that she's like, why is James still here? <laughs> like, well, why I are we letting why are we letting him go? James going into that one elimination was the best thing that could have happened for his game. <laughs> like people have seen like, Oh, James has a lot less endurance than everyone else here. Uh, and so he has become a, you know, 
next to no finals threat versus Kyle and Horacio, who have exposed themselves as massive, massive threats at the end. For sure. I mean, even going all the way down to this elimination where Kyland is going to win, is it his third elimination this season or second? Um, I believe it's third. Because he beat uh, Darrell, and I think he won an elimination at the beginning. He did. I just don't remember who it's against. Um, um, someone called him down. Sh- I can Huey? Look. Huey, Huey, Huey. Huey, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, when's the last time that anybody got eliminated by another challenger, <laughs> by <laughs> another person in the game? Um, yeah, so the uh, mercenary started with Kieran and then Callum. Um, but yeah, so Kylan on his third elimination win of the season is obviously very impressive. Two of those wins being against champions. Um, I'll go into this one. And of course, what do we think about this elimination? Brad shows up. Well, hold, hold thoughts on Brad, but the elimination itself. Um, I liked this elimination. I thought that it was like going to be very difficult for someone to catch up in it, which I think might have been a flaw. I was curious of are they allowed to move multiple balls at one time? Because I thought like, why not just move all 10? <laughs> um, but it was very confusing because it seemed like sometimes Brad was moving two, sometimes they were just moving one um, yeah. or most of the time. So that became confusing. But otherwise, it was... I thought like a fun, different elimination that kind of was decided very early into it. Yeah. Um, I am looking up Brad's age. Oh. Um, yeah, 43. So okay. Kylan, I don't know, like what is he, early 30s? Um, Probably. So, you know, there's uh, – Kylan's got, you know, some youth on his side versus Brad at the moment. Brad, um, you know, his, his win on the challenge came many years ago, and not to say that he's uh, not – you know, a strong competitor. He still, you know, looks like a beast um, to this day. But I, I don't know. The, the motivation level coming into something like this is always going to be a factor with a lot of these mercenaries that haven't won. It's like, well, the people that are in the game are fighting for their life. Uh, you know, ten thousand dollars is great, and you know, I'd be fighting for it pretty hard too. But um, it's, it's still not the same motivation as keeping your life alive in a game to win, you know, three hundred thousand dollars and continue on on this show that you want to be on. Um, so, you know, you look at a lot of these mercenaries that have lost and, um, it's not like that's the sole reason why every one of them have lost, but, um, it certainly is an edge that I think that the competitor in the game is always going to have, um, just the extra motivation. Also, it was Kylan's birthday. So happy birthday. Um, But yeah, I don't know. The, the elimination itself was was fine. I had no major complaints with it. Um, it just, like you said, seemed like once Kylan got the lead, it was, it was over. Yeah. I mean, Kylan smoked Brad. <laughs> like, it was not even close. I, I think that he did it twice as fast as him. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and to get into Brad, yeah, <laughs> why is Brad here? Because <laughs> <laughs> bananas dropped out. But why? Like, yes, wasn't available. Like, they couldn't have pulled There's Wes away people. from his family for like five minutes just to come do an elimination and go home. Like, <laughs> okay, well, I have a lot of questions now. I'm not going to even ask if Horacio beats Brad because I think we'll both agree that's not a question. Correct. Okay. Um, is there anyone up there that doesn't beat Brad? It doesn't beat Brad. Um, I think I could talk myself into a world where Asaf or Corey or Jay don't. Okay. I'm more uh, so. I'm looking at James. I think that's the obvious no, Jay, one. Jay's the oh James for James. James is a good pick. Jay's a climber. I take that back. Um, and Asaf is pretty agile as well. Um, Corey, we have been hearing about how he's a big guy that doesn't know how to use his strength in the right way. So I could see him not doing the best. 
Okay. I think that's like probably the second pick on the board. I agree. Um, just because we don't know like exactly what his endurance is like. Yeah. Um, I, it will be interesting in next week's mini final, which I'm very excited for. Um, but so we'll get a little bit better of a picture there. Now, my next question is, uh, does Bananas beat Kyland? Uh, no. I don't think so either. I think Kyland no, smokes think him so. as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so that's where I kind of think. And now what vet like do you think that they could have brought in that would have been putting up like a much better showing like who's left on the table and we could even look at the women's side because um they're all in here by now but like who were we missing who should they have brought in instead of brad i would have said yes Ooh, yes is a good choice especially for this i think i think he would have been pretty comparable to kyland in this yeah I think um, yes is a good choice. I did see a good number of people, and I think that probably people would have uh, been a little bit confused. But uh, I think Chris Underwood holds himself very well in this. Yeah, um, for sure. Uh, I think that your boy Turbo would have been yep. uh, a strong one in this challenge, whether or not I wanted to see him. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that Turbo like holds that weight. Like The name has a certain yeah. gravitas to it, um, where I think that is part of the problem is you need to find someone who uh, like is going to inspire that reaction and the fans are going to get hyped for, but also can compete very well. And I think Brad's a perfectly fine choice. I think that Brad, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I think that Brad is a f- perfectly fine backup choice. Um, <laughs> but I think that uh, this wasn't his elimination. I think he could have won some others. He just made zero noise. I tweeted this from our account because I was just like, I couldn't, I was in such disbelief. Like, you know, I've known he was coming since this list of champions, you know, came out and I'm like, okay, Brad's coming, you know, we, and then we heard along the way that bananas was supposed to come and that's why Brad's here, whatever. And, you know, I didn't think much of it, but like, as this episode was airing and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, Brad's about to show up and not a single person out here is going to let out one cheer, yelp, scream, nothing uh, to see Brad. Luckily, Kyland is the challenge historian. So he got the confessional being like, Brad's a beast. Like, I, you know, I know Brad, like he's he's strong. It's like, OK, so at least one person had a reaction, <laughs> but just there was nothing from the crowd. It's like you just did Laurel, Kara next to CT and Brad's in the middle. I mean, oh, so, so, such a quiet, you know. Uh, reaction. Plus, I mean, I don't know if you had this question written down. Sorry if I'm stepping on it, but who would Brad have picked if he had chaos? Uh, Brad did answer that. Oh, Brad has said that he would have done his boy Johnny Bananas a favor and picked James. Oh, so they've all talked. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if Bananas was like, listen, I can't go. I'm not going to show up there. And, uh, but you do my dirty work, Brad. Thanks. Okay. Well, there's that. And I think you would have sent James home as we just mentioned. So I agree. I think James's endurance is poor enough. Yeah. Um, which would have been fine because, uh, a send somebody home, which hasn't happened in weeks and B James is so quiet on the season. Um, yeah, there's that. And then, did I have any more points about this elimination? I don't know. Did you have anything else here? Um, no, <laughs> I think there were better picks on the board. I wonder how last minute this was. Um, but, uh, Brad's importance to the franchise, I think is a little bit understated. Like with this reaction, it's just that like 
the relevance is not quite there in this moment. Um, we're like well, a little bit past Brad's time. Uh, 12 seasons is wild. It is. Uh, and like they, you know, if they want to keep some of these legends in the, you know, in the legacy of the show, they, I think, need to bring them in a little bit more often on these main seasons. And I think that that'll happen on season 40 uh, for sure. But like, you know, All Stars isn't doing it as far as mixing the two where, you know, Brad's played two or three all-star seasons by now. I think it was two. Um, so like he's been around. It's like the fans have seen him lately, but these players have not mixed with him at all. So they just yeah. don't, there's no, there's no story there when Laurel and uh, you know, at least, at least for Laurel, you know, and the Michelle of it all Kara coming in, it's Kara. So at the end of the day, you know, uh, even these people not knowing um, even her, not knowing them, like they know her, uh, it did not feel the same way as, you know, when Brad showed up and, and I don't know, you know, like uh, I was going to say Darrell as well, you know, has been mixing into some of the main seasons. So a lot of people did know him when he sh- showed up. We're so excited to see him. So like, I don't know, it, like if they want to invest in the people like Brad uh, or other people that fall into his kind of category uh, going forward, I think they just need to continue sprinkling in the, uh, you know, one or two or three of the old timers on each of the main seasons and just see what happens. Do you know who's such an obvious pick that like, where the hell were they? Uh, very similar pick to this. Where's Derek? Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think Derek stands a better chance. Um, in this elimination in particular, I know that we've seen Brad best Derek in an elimination uh, or two question mark. Um, yeah. recently. Uh, but Derek is more involved with the new cast as well. So I think you get that bigger True. reaction. I think that he is a bigger name in the franchise. Um, just as like that underdog story and while maybe that has faded a little bit i just think that like every person there knows who derek is because of challenge mania and probably mostly like if they've seen the challenge before they know who derek is because he's played recently enough and is a big enough figure in it um but i think derek's a better pick Fair. Um, I I think certainly just for the challenge mania factor that, yeah, he's interviewed probably a handful of them. So they know him, but it's like they can't really explain that on the episode. Um, sure. I mean, but they, yeah, they, they should be like, oh, my God, it's Derek. Yeah, it would <laughs> be a bigger need. reaction than Brad. So. All right. And I think he competes better, too. Um, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, anything else on the Kyland birthday victory there, though? No. Um, Brad is uh, going to head off. Says Kyland earned his win, could see him being a champion uh, this season or in the future. And um, what we know is that the next and final uh, chaos mercenary on their way is one C.T. Tamborello. Oh, my God. I can't believe he's coming. It's wild. It does feel wild. Um, especially CT's about to be back on our TV screens, um, on the traders before he is on the challenge, but still, <laughs> like, you know, the traders <laughs> did unbelievable jump the order a little bit there. Um, but it'll be exciting both times. Yeah, I mean, you'll never believe it. CT is back, <laughs> but uh, you won't be excited because you'll just have seen him on possibly three full episodes of the show yep. of a different show prior to yep. our episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> so there's that, but you know, there's uh certainly something to look forward to there. We'll see the fear in Jay's eyes when CT uh, emerges. I mean, Jay is probably in a position where he either needs to win the next challenge or just he has the same one and three shot that michelle did uh of going into next week's elimination 
Yeah. So, and I don't know, but Michelle had a big episode before Laurel showed up or before, no, the Laurel episode was before she got called down by Kara. Um, and Jay just had a big episode here before he gets called down by CT. I don't know. There's been so much work. Like, twice the amount of work that there was setting up michelle and laurel into setting up j and ct um i would be about zero percent surprised if they end up going against each other Mm -hmm. uh and (laughs) but at the same time uh i think that's through a chaos pick more likely just analyzing the numbers as we talked about they need to have them fall a very specific way in order for jay to get voted in um so you know i'd be thrilled if the other side of the house finally organizes and does something um you know appreciate the attempt but you know fingers crossed (laughs) um but i'm still expecting that to be a chaos pick if it materializes at all right um this season i know it's been on forever we're on episode 13 but i uh, saw somewhere recently that uh it's not supposed to be airing too deep into march so if that is the reality then we're looking at like six or seven more weeks um and with 16 competitors still in the game and some of those episodes being uh probably the final or reunion then we are probably in a world where we're gonna be losing people fast after chaos is over (laughs) i'm fine with that i also i can see us going probably to the finale with at least eight people i would be honest 10 but yeah god i would be not happy (laughs) maybe like lose two more at the beginning of the final or something like that yeah, I so, think that's actually a problem with the challenge. I think that we should have less people in a final. Um, sure. That's my ideal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's just go with uh, the final two men and final two women. Uh, I would love it. <laughs> because especially it would inspire, like, that is part of the problem with Survivor these days is, like, okay, well, when you make it so that people don't have to turn on their alliance earlier because mm-hmm. there's more spots like you know basically final four pyre making it so you don't have to turn on before the final four in theory in the challenge where there's 10 spots in the final why am i ever turning on my alliance we'll just all make it there together whereas if only two or three of you make it there you better start making sure you're in the top two or three people there right um but i guess that's it for now uh we'll be back with uh ct next week well not with ct that'd be cool um what a shock that would be! <laughs> first, first challenger to make it on the show on the podcast, CT. Yeah. Um, but he'll be on the Maybe episode. Another guest who's a initial name. We'll see. Maybe. Hopefully. Maybe. Um, fingers are crossed. Fingers are crossed for sure. And um, yeah, CT coming in the next episode, and then we'll see how the remaining portion of the game plays out. Uh, thank you guys for uh, checking out another episode of this podcast. Um, a lot of good things have been happening around this podcast lately. We've been uh, seeing a lot of good feedback, uh, some very uh, enjoyable star ratings, uh, most uh and reviews uh over on the itunes feed so uh or apple feed uh so if you have not yet done that we always greatly appreciate that um we've been having a lot of fun over on patreon uh, with everybody that has been uh joining us over there with the bonus episodes have been getting a lot of good feedback with those so uh just happy to be you know uh putting in or, or making the extra content that we've always wanted to make and seeing that it's been well received so it's been a joy for both of us uh to this point and um again no new bonus episode uh from oh. this week's content but the <laughs> all-stars draft uh that we've been sitting on for a while is coming out uh either sunday or monday i forget when i scheduled it for um and uh yeah all good stuff Woo. Woo-hoo. anything <laughs> else going on in your world 
What's going on in my world? Um, anything I'm doing will be on Twitter at Brian underscore Scally and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash B Scally. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like you said, keep an eye out for that All-Stars 4 draft over on Patreon. Yes, patreon.com slash the free agents podcast also should be a link in the show notes here. So you can just, you know, swipe over on the podcast listener that you're in and go hop over there. It's just five dollars a month uh, to get in on all the fun and, uh, you know, four bonus episodes a month and uh, early release of all the drafts and whatever else we end up putting up there early. Uh, Traders coverage also, again, coming soon. Uh, The first episodes are dropping. We're recording on Thursday right now, uh, dropping tomorrow on Friday because I am. Uh, traveling at the moment we are going to be getting together i believe on tuesday with uh we're still planning with a sure. guest uh <laughs> what'd you say I said sure <laughs> did we not say that i don't remember i think we did <laughs> um but it was like two weeks ago that we talked about it. But okay, so Scott, can you do Tuesday? No. You know um, my memory. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I already uh, locked in with the guest uh, for that Perfect. day. So uh, recording on Tuesday, as soon as we're done recording, it'll be out. So um, the first three episodes dropping, we'll recap them. And then going forward in a more consistent pattern with the remainder of the trader season. Excited for that. Excited for the rest of the season. Uh, we'll get out of here. And uh, again, thank you guys for checking this one out. We'll be back soon. Take care. And we hope to see you in the future. Thank you.